You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this special Stag Sports Network podcast. I'm J.J. Duke. Hope that you're all in a dancing mood out there because today we are talking all things Fairfield women's basketball. After their MAC tournament championship heroics down in Atlantic City this past weekend, the Stags are dancing for the first time since 2001 as they're going to be heading on down to Austin, Texas on Friday, March the 18th uh, to take on the number two seed out of the Spokane region. That would be Texas. Uh, we're going to get into that matchup a little bit later, but Throughout the show, we're going to be hearing uh, some of the reactions from the players and the staff about what the MAC tournament experience was like, the excitement that came from Selection Show, which was just last night. We're recording on the Monday morning afterwards, and a bit more. Uh, so let's get this show started now, shall we? Um, I'm joined right now by the head coach of Fairfield Women's Basketball. That is Joe Frager. And Joe, you look absolutely exhausted. Someone that hasn't slept in a whole lot, but it's probably all these emotions that have been coming out for the last 48 hours. How are you doing? You know, I'm actually doing really well. Okay. Um, but yes, I am exhausted, um, but a good exhausted. Uh, as you said, the emotions that we went through at Atlantic City, um, just a tremendous, tremendous experience for myself, for our staff, for our players. Uh, can't say enough positive things about our team and how proud we are of what they were able to accomplish there. And obviously the, the selection show last night, the the emotions of waiting to see where you're going to get picked and who you're going to play. And then immediately the coach kicks in right after that. It's okay. Okay, now we have to start breaking down film. Got to huddle the staff together. Who's going to break down what games? And so, yes, if I look a little bit fatigued today, that's – that's the reason why. Well, it's funny because after uh, the selection show show ended, uh, I said to you after, it was like, so the coaching begins tomorrow. You said, right now, my retort, can you give yourself at least 30 yeah. minutes? Yeah, I, you know, that's uh, that's just sort of the way I'm wired. Um, you know, I, it, literally I, after, after we got back home on the bus ride and I went home, I took my laptop out and I started looking at what I thought were potential opponents that night. My wife walked by, and she just looked at me, shook her head, closed my laptop, and said, go to bed. If you're going to do this, you might as well just go to bed. So, um, no, we're just, we're just super excited, and, uh, you know, I love the preparation. That's, that's kind of what gets me going, you know, the preparation and, and game planning. And so I can't wait to get in the gym today and, and, and start working on this with the team. Well, it's funny that you talk about plans and the master plan, and we kind of look back on the MAC tournament a little bit. And it's always funny how master plans never go to plan, and you got to go to B, C, D. Not going to talk about F. We're going to go to G and H, and I didn't forget about E either. But um, that quarterfinal game against Iona, boy, it's not like you were thinking to yourself, Lou Lopez Seneschal is going to pick up 2,004 minutes, and we're going to have to adapt for the next 16 or so. Uh, how deep were you going into the bag to try to get your group to halftime? Yeah. Um... That's really not what you want to see uh, happen that quickly. Um, but you know what? We've we've been in situations similar to that during the year, and, and the players responded. Anytime you know, one of your key players, someone like Lou, um, has that experience early in a game, you know, you're not really looking to surge ahead with a 15, 20-point lead. It's kind of like you just sort of want to hold serve for a while, you know. And uh, other players stepped up and, and got us to that point, and then – the thing I was really happy with was the, the poise that Lou showed when she came back in the second half. Um, didn't force anything, knocked shots down just like, you know, she's just 
like an old pro, which is what she really is right now. And, uh, you know, Rachel just had a, an amazing basketball game. Rachel Hakes did, um, you know, picked up the slack. And, and she's got that intuitive nature to her. She knows what we need. Certain games she doesn't really look at the rim very much. Other times she really does. Like, hey, I need to be a scorer right now. And she was phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a little bit about that uh, behind closed doors in some of our uh, broadcast prep chats. And, you know, she obviously we know is the true extension of a coach on the floor, the floor general, sometimes a pass first, pass second type guard. But for her, I mean, you could just see the confidence growing throughout the game. Um, you, As you said, you never want to think about, oh, our Mac player of the year just picked up two early fouls and we're not going to play with that for a while. You don't need to say, though, hey, someone's got to step up and yeah. take the role. She just did. And yeah. then the rest of the team followed as well, and I think that's the beauty of this group that you have. Yeah, and I think that's that's a real key. I mean, you know, she steps up and makes a few big shots, and everyone kind of exhales. Everyone's sort of, okay, we're, we're going to be okay. You know, we'll, we're going to get this done, and eventually Lou's going to be back on the floor with us. So, you know, at, at times it's been Rachel this year. At times it's been, you know, Sydney Lowry. I mean, in the championship game, Sydney stepped up huge, you know, and, and made some big baskets. And, and I think that's when everyone just started to breathe and relax a little bit and shots started to fall and they played a great second half. That they did. And you talk about Sid Lowry. I mean, um, there have been some games where she has taken over, showed really what her caliber that she could bring to any team. Didn't factor much on the offense in that quarterfinal, but you mentioned that semifinal against Niagara, and I felt like we saw, well, not the best at that, you know, throughout the season. That was her best game probably to that point was that semifinal. Uh, what was it, 14 points and four of nine shooting, something like that. Mm-hmm. She then kind of just took the baton. You know, yeah. some, you know, Rachel had a great game offensively on Wednesday. Yep. Then here you go, pass it on to the next person. I know yep. it's cliche, but it was that next player up mentality. Yeah, no, I, I think you, you saw that throughout the tournament. I think you saw that throughout the year. I mean, we could say the same thing about, you know, games that Callie Cavanaugh's had for us, Andrea Hernan Gomez, Sam Lewis coming off the bench. Um, a lift that uh, Janelle Brown has brought to the team um, throughout throughout the schedule, but uh, that's been the beauty part of this group. You know, they they they're very coachable. Um, they love being around each other, and they're super competitive. And and uh, yeah, like, like you mentioned with Rachel, it's just that that intuitiveness that she has. You know, this is what my team needs right now, and uh, that's what she delivers for us. And, you know, the, the the pressure that comes with being Lou, too. You know, you know every game you go into, you're going to get the other team's best defender. You're going to get different defensive schemes. People are going to be physical with her, you know. And it, it takes a lot of resolve to go out there because it's not always going to go smooth. You know, there have been games that haven't gone smooth, and there have been other games where she's just completely lit it up. But even in the games where people have guarded her really hard, she doesn't shy away. You know, she keeps going after it until she gets what the team needs. So a lot of credit to her. Yeah, we're going to go on to that big player's rise in the big moment in just a second. I do want to touch on that Niagara game a little bit. First off, uh, what Jada Pierce has done over there is truly outstanding. She gets the best out of that group or any group that she gets. I kind of expected a bit more of the adrenaline for them to carry over. I mean, they had a late, you know, late heroics. Ali Har hits that runner through the lane to get past Sienna in their quarterfinal. They brought it in the first quarter. Do you feel, though, once that run came in the second, that might have been that difference playing two highly emotional games in less than 24 hours? You guys had a break 
uh, after Wednesday's game, he had the full day off on Thursday. Yeah. So was that kind of one of the things? Yeah, I mean, I think that, that well, first of all, you're right. Jada did a fantastic job. I've known Jada you know, for, forever. I mean, Jada was an assistant coach when I first started at Southern Connecticut years ago under Kathy O'Neill. Um, and, yeah, she got a lot out of that team, and they played very hard. I think that was definitely a factor. Um, getting that by helps it, it, as long as you can get by that first one, right? Um, it really does help you. But, you know, and I think some of the, a lot of the credit's got to go to our players, too. I think our style of play at times just wears on people. So there have been a lot of games we've had that have been close games, close games, close games, and then we just sort of pull away. And, and I, I think that, that that's indicative of our style of play. Well, I mean, it was a true championship team level performance, especially you absorb the early kind of run that Niagara had. You put on your own run, and then you just finish off the game. And I think the one moment that actually stands out to me, it's never easy to talk about games that are very one-sided, um, especially for you as a coach. You kind of, you're you trying to keep the levels the same. But I think the beauty of that game is basketball is a team sport, and you got to see the whole team play and for a lot of people that don't know there's a whole group of players that push each other hard day in day out they might just some of them might not get that opportunity to show what they have day in on the floor um so what was that like for you seeing you know the likes of a a jasmine carter uh dana tarado jocelyn polanski amongst others get their chance to show because hey they get rings too as well so yeah. you know, a chance for them to say hey we're on this team too we got a little bit of game ourselves 100 percent. i mean it's you know and, and anytime we're preparing for a game you know a lot of times from my perspective we're only as prepared going into that game is what that group brings to practice on a given day um and when they're focused and doing what they need to do i mean they've got to re- try to, to the best of their ability replicate our upcoming opponent. Um, we've we've gone away from using male practice players this year for some obvious reasons with COVID and things like that. Um, so we've really relied on that group very, very heavily. And for us to have that kind of a lead and let them get out there and be able to experience that atmosphere, I, I, the bench was going bananas, especially when Jasmine Carter hit her shot from the foul line. Um, yeah, I almost I almost teared up a little bit when Jasmine made that shot. It was uh, it was a special moment for all of us. I mean, for those who don't know, Jasmine, an integral part of this program. That was just her fifteenth game played for you guys for four years, and that was her first basket. Yeah. I mean, you wait for those moments. I almost remember it was a few years ago, UConn. Uh, Brianna Polito, I think her name was, was mm-hmm. one of the last players on the bench, a med student that just walked onto the team and right. gets a chance in the NCAA tournament, drains a corner three, place went absolute bonkers. And sure. it was pretty much similar uh, for Jasmine. Yeah, no, it, it really was. Um, you know, they went crazy. I, I mean, I, I think one of our players was standing on her chair when it happened. I, I, hope, I, hope that, I was worried the officials were going to tee us up at that point. But, no, it, it would have been worth it even if we had. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was special. And to see the smile that broke into Jazz's face within one second of that ball going through, just the realization hit her like, I just scored, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so that was really, really neat. That's awesome. You talked about the big players rising up. I mean, that final, I was kind of trying to go through, all right, what cliche could I bring out this time to say how great of a game it was? And, yes, we were at historic Boardwalk Hall, a place of many great heavyweight championship boxing matches. I mean, that was a cliche, you know, toe-to-toe, two of the best going at it. Lou Lopez-Seneschal, Dee Davis, 
there's enough names in there to really give you a whole card, just two players on your own. But that was for the neutral, let alone if you had something in it. Mm-hmm. For the neutral, that's a game that people will go back and watch. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was pretty amazing. And it, it, to me, from a coaching perspective, the game went so fast. Mm-hmm. Some games drag, you know, when you're in the coaching box. That one did not. It went by so fast. And uh, I've heard from so many people, not just people that, you know, routinely follow us and are connected to the program but a lot of people that watch that game I've received oh probably 50 to 100 emails and close to 200 text messages based on that game and and what those kids did down in AC and it was just a phenomenal game and you know a lot of credit to 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 Manhattan and you know Dee Dee Davis was just unconscious some of the shots she was making down the stretch and uh she made it interesting you know but uh we executed at the end we got the ball in you know, Sam Lewis makes two big free throws, and then, like every coach in America, I'm screaming, get away, get away, get away, let's not touch anybody here, and let's just get this thing over with, and then they got the dance. Well, I was about to say, and then Didi knocks down two more long threes just to keep the thing interesting for a little while longer, but yeah, um, yeah. you talked about the final horn. I mean, let's get into it, man. That was, that was a moment. I know for every player, a bunch of the coaches as well, you know, personnel that are around the team – all the emotions went out, but I don't know if you knew the, the camera was on you at the time after you're shaking hands with Heather, Heather Vool and her staff. You said to Laura Sinto, your associate head coach, no, no, just take a step back. I, I just want to watch this. Yeah, it, I think it, I did say that, yeah. it's you Forget trying to describe what emotions were going through with you at that time, but why did you just want to take that all in as opposed to you have every right to go and hug every player on that team in that yeah. moment? I really just wanted to watch them go crazy. I, I, you know, it's it's what I said all year long that um, I really wanted it for them, and uh, to to get to see them experience that. That to me was that was my gratification, you know. And then after a while, I was like, okay, I'll go and I'll hug a few, you know. And uh, everything was good. I I think I, I hugged Lou Lopez first. Uh, I think then I, I Rachel and I embraced and. Uh, Lost it first, a little second there, you know, off that one. And, uh, you know, and then I got to go over and get a little break from that and went over and did the, the ESPN interview and then got to greet a few more of them afterwards. But it was it was really neat. You know, going back all the way to 2007, I got to experience that kind of a celebration after winning a national championship. So I just wanted them to get that feeling, and it was really gratifying to see. But finals, semifinals, they don't happen often. And I think you're absolutely right. You have to allow, not have to, but just allow people to experience those emotions because it doesn't come around every day. I know there are teams out there that expect to be at this stage, but nothing's ever a given. And I think that's kind of the beauty of it. Just let the rawness of the moment take over. And it was beautiful to watch. Yeah, I mean, and, and what I had told these guys beforehand is I said, you know, we, even before we won the regular season championship, once you guys win, you're linked together forever, right? You're going to have these relationships forever, but you really are going to be linked together, and you win a MAC championship down in AC, even more so. So it was, uh, it was really, really special. Now we're going to put your coach hat back on for a second. I okay. appreciate you kind of opening up through all this here, and we'll let you get to work because I know you have a lot of work to do with your staff before you guys fly out, but. Texas. I mean, that. if you're looking for another team that's in form right now, like yourself, your mm. group, I mean, they've won what, 11 straight. Mm. They knocked off Baylor the only second time in over a decade they beat Baylor yep. uh, to win the league. They jumped themselves up to a two seed. 
So yeah. the chance to host, which is massive for that program. Sure. And Vic Schaefer is a great coach, and he's got Rory Harmon, who might be one of the most talented young players in this nation. Yeah. Um, without giving too much away, how does Fairfield win? <laughs> um, you know what? We're going to approach this one the way we approached the other 31. Um, we said all along, we're not doing anything we're doing for a participation trophy. Um, we set goals for ourselves every step of the way. And we've always said, let's play to a certain standard. And that's the way we're going to practice to try to get ourselves ready to get down there. Obviously, they're a super talented team. Their guards are incredibly quick. Their posts are very big, very physical. You know, they love to defend. They pressure the basketball really well. And, and like I said, they're, they're very physical. They're very physical offensively, too. So, I mean, it, it's no small task that we undertake, but uh, I have a lot of belief in our kids, and I don't think they're going to back down from anybody. It's awesome. Joe, thanks for your time. Go back to work. <laughs> we'll see you guys on Friday. My pleasure, JJ. All right, so that's going to do it with our chat with Joe Frager. We're going to take a brief pause, and then when we come back, we're going to chat with a couple of members of the winning team and you know get their reaction, especially to uh, the antics from last night at the selection show. So stay tuned here in the Stag Sports Network. All right, and welcome back to this special Stag Sports Network podcast here. J.J. Duke back with you. Thanks to Joe Frager, who we could say basically sprinted back to his office once we wrapped up because he's got a lot of work to do. So he has passed the baton over. We kind of talked about that a little bit earlier. Rachel Hakes and Lou Lopez-Seneschal joins us here, ladies. Um, still on cloud nine at this moment? Yes, yeah. yes, still, still trying to realize everything. Absolutely. And it, so tournament time, right? You guys obviously in the thick of it. What was that experience like for you, Lou, especially knowing that Fairfield down in AC, especially have had some rocky experiences. One year, you never actually finished what you started in 2020. Last year, we're just throwing that one out the window. It's just kind of an odd year where you had this season. But this year coming back, what was that experience like going back down there, knowing that there's a real chance the team could win the whole thing? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, we we were, you know, it wasn't the first time we were going there, so we knew how it was going to be, and we were prepared. And um, knowing what happened in the past few years, especially last year, losing in the semifinals, I think um, we wanted to go further than that. And uh, we we worked hard all year for it, and we knew we could achieve this and going to the championship and, and also win the championship. So great experience as always, and I'm glad we, we, we won the, the three games. Yeah, you had to. That's why we're here. Rachel, um, this group, such a veteran group, everybody's been together for a while now. Was there a point any time this season knowing that, yeah, this year actually might be a little bit different than the years past? Yeah, I mean, just starting off our conference play, beating Maris and Quinnipiac, I mean, we dumped water on coach in the second conference game when we beat Quinnipiac at Quinnipiac for the first time since 2014. And I think just heading into Christmas break, we kind of just all really believed that this could be our season and this could be the one that we went out. Um, and by the time we got to Atlantic City, our goals were very clear. It was come home with a championship or pretty much bust. Um, you watched a lot of other teams celebrate after they won their quarterfinal games or semifinal games. There was no absolutely no celebration really for us in the locker room until we won the championship. Which is an interesting one, actually, because Joe told me back in January that goal one was to win a regular season title there was kind of no you know 
anything below that. That was the bare minimum. So was that kind of like the, all right, now we've done this. How quick did you guys have to turn that you know page to know that, all right, we, we got a job done. We're going to be playing past next week, that being the championship tournament. But um, when did you guys kind of reassess? Um, I mean, when we won, won the regular season championship, we clinched honestly so early. We still had like four yeah. regular season games. So I think it just we really had to reset going into those practices, knowing that we still wanted to win the rest of our games of our regular season schedule. And then once we got to the tournament, you know, we um, the Iona game, the quarterfinal, it was a tough one. Um, we really pers- persevered through a lot of adversity, especially with Lou going out with early foul trouble. Um, and then in our semifinal game, we didn't really want to give our opponent any dirt to um, kind of run with in the championship game, seeing that we would be celebrating on the on the court winning a semifinal game. And, you know, Manhattan did the exact opposite, and it gave definitely me a little bit more motivation going in, knowing that um, they were just almost satisfied getting to the championship game. It's actually really interesting. And kind of ne- you never think about that from like a outside perspective, the satisfaction of getting there. And Lou, was that something that you kind of realized or saw from opponents? I mean, talk about Niagara, for example. And I asked Joe earlier saying that that's a very, really good team with a really good coach. But do you feel like for other teams that like, okay, reaching the stage is good enough, like job done, it's a free hit afterwards? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, seeing um, – um, some teams like that celebrate when when they get to to a point before the championship, which I think is great because maybe you know in the past it, they didn't get that far or like um, it's very understandable. But um, you know once once we beat um, Niagara and we knew we were going to the the championship, it, we were very happy, but we we knew we weren't done. And and then seeing Manhattan celebrate, we we're like, okay, I, I, they even said it. That was one of their main goals is going to the championship and we always said all year long is to win the championship. So I think that those goals were different and uh, uh, we approach it differently. And we, when we, we saw those type of celebration, it, it gave us more motivation for, for the next game and to, to actually win the championship. Now, both of you guys were involved in that two-on-one almost battle with Dee, Dee Davis. Lou on the offensive side, Rachel on the defensive side. So, Lou, first, when you see Dee, Dee who, by the way, I, I put this out on social, I mean, what a player. I mean, you don't often, like, think to yourself, the player that loses a game but isn't coming out with a victory in a championship game that probably put the best performance of her life, maybe. I mean, that must have been something crazy to go after, especially for you, knowing that every time she put up a rainmaker 27-foot three, you had to come back with one of your own. Yeah, I mean, it's it's she's she's definitely a really good player. I mean, especially being just a, only a junior um, I think her her confidence is to to another level. That's for sure. Um, and you know, scoring almost like half of the points of the team, I think that shows a lot. And um, that's why we we realized that we really had to shut her down if if we wanted to win that game. But um, I think for me, it was um, even seeing her performance. I I I didn't I didn't want to think. Oh, I have to do the same. You know, I I just try to be myself. And and you know. Uh, knock down some threes when I can and if I can and um and that's that's what I tried to do and and Rachel I think still did a great defense on her on her uh she she just knocked some big shots and big time and I think that's what good players do and um and that's what she did but I'm just I'm just glad that uh even though it was a little bit stressful at the end that um we got it done yeah I mean what the two long ball threes with 10 seconds 20 seconds ago it's like can she just miss one already? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
championship emotions at that point. Now you both were kind of debating who made who cry, who held it together. So, Rachel, let's get on with it. Who cried first? Who made Joe cry? <laughs> the girl next to me cried first. <laughs> there is no question about that. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I mean, I'm I'm probably one of the most emotional person uh, in the team, and I think for me it was you know, almost kind of like a, a dream come true. So it was, um, my first emotion is, I think, um, to cry, but obviously happy tears, uh, just the realization that we finally did it. But I, I'm pretty sure I was the first one crying. I don't I don't think Rachel did. Um, <laughs> but then Coach Frager crying, I think he was also, you know, after hugging me, after hugging Rachel, he's like, all right, like, we did it. I mean, that, that's what I told Coach Frager when I hugged him. I, I told him, we did it, Coach, we did it. And we did it in the sense that, like, this was the culmination of really a four-year project, yeah. right? Because you guys come in, youngsters, trying to get involved with the system, trying to establish yourselves. So you go on through, and now here it is. I mean, is this almost kind of like relief, if anything, knowing that you climbed that hill in, you know, in talking about the MAC at least? Um, in, sense, in some senses, it's definitely a relief. Um, I talked a little bit in the press conference about how, I mean, our freshman year, it was the only year that we didn't have a winning MAC record, and it's really been like a beautiful journey and watching everyone blossom. Um, I mean, we've all put in a ton of work in our starting five. You can see the growth in everyone's games just from last year to this year. Um, no one would have guessed that Fairfield would have gone 19-1 and and I guess overall 22-1 and against MAC opponents this year. And it's just like been a beautiful culmination on our careers and on Coach Frager's career. Absolutely. Last night, selection show. I mean, that's something, right? Like nothing that we've ever experienced before. And we also learn a little bit about, oh, how that's how they get the team reaction. Mm -hmm. We're not going to spoil for anybody at home, but it's not, <laughs> it's a little different than what we would have thought. But the thing that I found interesting is when all the big names start coming up that you guys see on TV every day, right? It's like, ooh, we missed that one. Ooh, we didn't play that one. For both of you guys, be honest, what was the team that you're maybe trying to hope to avoid? Um, I guess, like, we didn't really want to play UConn. Okay. Just because we wanted to have, like, an NCAA experience and not just get on a bus and go up to stores. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily anything against the UConn program. It would be really cool to play Paige Beckers and all those types of players. Um, but I think we just wanted to have a little bit more of an experience for ourselves. So we were just excited to be sitting in those seats and find out where we were going. I yeah, think. yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that um, we we all thought that maybe UConn was gonna be one of them, but um, like she said, nothing against the team. It's just I think you know going to the NC tournament, we all want to have the the big experience and and obviously the game, but everything around it. And I think that's um, what we were very excited to to hear about Texas. Well, speaking of, this is kind of like a a glory hunting moment for Fairfield because weirdly enough, it seems that every Fairfield team that goes to the NCAA tournament goes to Austin, Texas. So. Have you guys had a chance to talk with some of the volleyball players who have been down there a couple times? Baseball obviously had that magic last year. Maybe asking, you guys leave a little mojo for us down there? That would be nice. Well, we haven't quite. I haven't quite talked to any of the baseball or volleyball um, athletes, but we did have a lot of support from the volleyball team. They came down to AC, um, and they've been celebrating with us a little bit on campus, so it's been really fun to enjoy this experience with other athletes as That's well. Awesome. What are you guys, I'll ask both of you guys, what are you looking forward to most about, as you said, the experience of an NCAA tournament? It's different than anything else. Yeah, I mean, I think the the first thing is to have fun, you know, enjoy every moment. Um, and uh, and and I think always be positive about the experience, you know. We, we know that we're playing one of the best teams in the country, but um, as Coach Frager said, uh, we're going to play our game, we're going to be us. And uh, I think... 
you know, not taking anything for granted and, and, and play a game and um, just enjoy every moment is going to be very important. Yeah, you know, it's been like we've been riding a high for the past 48 hours, but honestly, I'm a little bit like Coach Fragger. I'm itching to get back to work, get back to practice today. Um, no one's going to expect us to go down there and really make waves in the tournament, but we have different plans, and I'm just really excited to see what the scout, the scouting report, what the coaches put together for us, because I know it's going to be a great game plan. Just like when you walk past Dave Barrett's office for women's soccer, he's got that Ted Lasso believe sign right in the door. You hit it <laughs> once before, and you never know what happens, right? Guys, so much fun. I hope that you all get everything that you want from this experience down in Texas and forever MAC champions. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for this special Stag Sports Network podcast. Make sure to stay with us on FairfieldStags.com and uh, documenting the journey along with us as Fairfield Women's Basketball heads down to Texas. They're going to be playing the Longhorns on Friday, March the 18th. That's going to be an 8 p.m. start, and you can watch it exclusively on ESPN2. Also, make sure to stay with all of our Fairfield social channels as well going forward. So for everyone here, I'm JJ Duke signing off, and until next time, Go Stags. Thank you for listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast. For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.